Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. This is Jennifer Christenberry with the Alabama Farmers Federation. And this morning, our state FFA president, Leanna Burkhalter, is joining us. And we are looking forward to talking to her a little bit about National FFA Convention, which is coming up next week. So, um, Leanna, let's start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and maybe how you got involved in FFA. Hi, so like um, Ms. Kristen Mary said, my name is Leanne Barkhalter. I'm the state FFA president. I have previously served as a district officer for two years as North District Treasurer and the North District President. I'm from Fett County, so, you know, middle of nowhere, lots of farmland. And I started FFA because my mom was a facts teacher, and so there was no facts department in our high school. So her and my ag teacher kind of schemed together, <laughs> and they were like, hey, here's my kid. She's really great at public speaking. Why don't you use her for something? And so Mr. Cox kind of lassoed me in and was like, hey, you're going to do creed speaking. And, of course, you look at the creed, and you're like, a five, little overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. five paragraphs. What am I getting myself into? And it kind of just hit a home run from there on. I really got involved in it and loved the different aspects to FFA and how it's not just agriculture, but it's also leadership. Awesome. Well, tell me next week, we're headed to National FFA Convention. What are you most excited about? So I've been to National FFA Convention once before. And honestly, my favorite part is like the expo, like all the shopping and the different booths and stuff. I love stuff like that where you can hands-on get to do different things or see different things that you never heard of before. And then, of course, the shopping. You get to find some cute FFA clothes while you're up there. Yes, absolutely. Well, let's tell people if they've never been to National FFA Convention about some of the things that you might see in the Career Expo. So if you've never been to National FFA Convention, you're going to see a lot of different farming techniques in the expo, which is honestly one of my favorite parts. I like to see the different things that they're not doing in Alabama, but they're doing in different states. Uh, There's college booths, which I also love because you get to go get like free stickers or buttons, and they tell you about their ag programs and about their college and how it could fit you. You also get to see different livestock you know, aspects. One year they were actually clipping a show cow in there, and I thought that was the coolest thing because they actually were doing it in the expo. Absolutely. Very cool, huh? Well, you mentioned colleges. What year are you um, in high school, and has FFA kind of shaped what you think you want to do when you get done with high school? So I'm a senior this year, so college is getting really, really close. Um, FFA definitely has shaped it. I've decided I want to go into – animal and dairy science production management. I really love livestock and that kind of developed through my FFA experience and I've decided that's what I want to do in the future. Awesome. Do you know what school yet you want to go to? I've been accepted to both Auburn and Mississippi State so kind of kind of on the line. Yes. Mississippi State's a little bit closer for me um, being in Fett County and Auburn's just a little bit further away so. Well, I'll put in a good plug for Auburn. We, we got a lot of Auburn grads here at the Federation and I, both schools are, are absolutely great. You hinted at it a little bit um, but I know in FFA one of the things that everybody works on is a supervised ag experience. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your experience um, and how you 
really took what you were learning in the classroom maybe and applied it at home and what that experience looked like for you. So my SAE is Chic Entrepreneurship and I got started through my ag teacher. Mr. Cox is like, you know, if you want to be a state officer one day, you've got to have a good SAE. And I was like, well, I would love to show livestock or show cows or do something like that. And he was like, sheep. You need to show sheep. So we went to the cell barn, bought some sheep, and we started out with just two of them in like a dog kennel, like a little wire kennel. And we've actually expanded, and we're a breeder for the state for the state lamb producer association now. Wow. Uh, we have our own ram. We've expanded. We have our own breeding program, and so we breed, raise, and sell them, and show them throughout the year. And it's honestly been amazing because all the things I learned in animal science class I could apply back to home, or I already knew, and so it kind of gave me the, you know advance in the class. Yeah. Well, you probably run into a lot of students who are getting started showing, I'm guess, guessing. Um, what would you tell somebody who's just getting started, maybe involved in FFA and um, maybe even looking to show a sheep at the next, um, you know, in the next year? What would you tell somebody um, about your experiences in FFA and what they, what they might have to look forward to? I think I would definitely say don't do don't get discouraged after that first start because when you start out showing or you start out in FFA or something, you're probably not going to be the best. I mean, you're just getting your feet wet. Don't let that discourage you. Keep going. Keep trying and trying again because, you know, you may have some kind of weariness about it. Ah, I don't really know if it's for me. But once you get started into it, you're going to realize that there is something for everybody. I mean, FFA is so diverse in its competitions, its LDEs, CDs. Everything is so, you know, marketed to fit different people. Mm-hmm. And so I think you just have to get your feet wet and you have to go deeper and go deeper and figure out what fits you. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, so I was a national officer a long time ago, so 2006, 2007. And at the time, the big goal was to get to half a million members. I can remember us saying like almost 500,000 members. And FFA has like really surpassed that at this point. Why do you think that is? Why do you think, you know, there's way less farmers today than there ever has been? Why do you think FFA continues to grow? I think FFA continues to grow because people see the need for agriculture. Um, You made the point that, you know, farming is getting less and less and less and decreasing. But these new generation of ag students and FFA members are seeing that need for agriculture. They're seeing, hey, I want to have clothes in the future. Hey, I want to have food on my plate in the future. And that's really motivating them is because even though the numbers are decreasing in the classroom, FFA is increasing. We're getting more and more people involved every single year and they're realizing how much we need agriculture. I think that's a great point. Well, let's take just a second and let's pause to hear from our sponsors. It's never a dull day on the farm, especially when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit. And while some don't get it, We do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. All right, Leanna. Well, you were elected with your teammates back in June. So y'all have had, what's that, four months, a little over four months um, to enjoy being state officers. What uh, was one of the goals or a few of the goals that maybe you or your team had as y'all headed into this year? 
So one personal goal for me is I'm from Northwest Alabama. And so if you're in FFA or you know anything about Northwest Alabama, our FFA numbers are kind of low. Uh, we don't have that many ag FFA chapters or we don't have that many involved. And so my personal goal for this year, um, I gave this to my state advisor, is I want to visit as many schools in Northwest Alabama as I can. And I want to get those FFA chapters involved and put us back on the map. I think that's a great goal. What about as you head to state convention? So, I mean, obviously the goal and the, the plan is to have an in-person state <laughs> convention. And I think if you accomplish that, that will be a huge, a huge task, a huge feat. But other than that, like as y'all are already looking forward to state convention, and I'm sure you want to make it bigger and better because it didn't happen in the last couple of years. Uh, what are y'all looking forward to or what, or what are y'all planning? So we've actually, my team is just, we're very funny people. Uh, we love jokes and stuff. And so we will be sitting there and we'll randomly have these ideas. And so we have like notes on our phone of all these random things we want to put into state convention. So we want to have like a quiz during one or before one of the sessions where you guess who said it or who did it uh, between our state officer teams. We all want to have the best retiring addresses there ever of was. Of course, of course. Uh, we want to make everybody cry. That was our goal is we were sitting there and we're like, we want to make everyone so emotional. <laughs> during this session uh, we also want to get more people involved we want to have people excited about convention because you know two virtual state conventions in a row people are kind of you know they're down in the dumps they're expecting it to happen again and we want to come back and hit them full force with an in-person state convention and get them excited for the year what's your favorite FFA event I think my favorite event is, I love career development events. Uh -huh. I do livestock judging. Yep. And so I think for me, my favorite is we did state, we did our state contest with SLE this year. And that was one of my favorite things is because you're competing for district, state, and SLE all at the same time. And of course, it's in Montgomery, so it's big and there's a lot of people there. And I just love that personally. Yeah, absolutely. So I think back to my experience in FFA, and I can think of a lot of funny things. Um, one of the things that comes to mind was the first year I went to National FFA Convention. I got to go as a delegate. I went with a bunch of strangers. I had not traveled that much before. We flew to, um, at the time, convention was in Louisville. And we went for dinner one night and um, went with a group of girls that are still all involved in Alabama agriculture and I see frequently. And a tornado blew up on the river um, in Louisville. And I was terrified. Oh I mean, calling my mom, like, absolutely terrified that we were going to die. Um, so there's lots and lots of funny stories. What in your mind can you think back about some funny things that people might get a good laugh out of? I have several of these just because I'm a very clumsy person. But my first state fair showing sheep, I was walking into a class with my show lamb and I tripped over something. I have no clue what it was. And I fell back on the ground and got ran over by a lamb nice, nice. in the middle of the class. Everybody was watching. It was so embarrassing. And then throughout the day, people were like, oh, my gosh, are you that girl that got ran over by the lamb? And Just what you want to be known for. Oh, yeah. That's too funny. What would you tell somebody who's never been to Nashville? Like, you know, the, I was just thinking back. Like, I was 15. I had no clue what to expect um, at National Convention for the first time. What would you tell somebody that's headed there for their first time next week? Uh, be prepared because it's a lot of people. It's overwhelming in a way. But take it all in. Soak up the memories. Soak up the fun. Because you, if you never go again, 
you're going to miss that. And if you do go again, then you're going to have something to look forward to each year. But remember, take lots of pictures. You always want to take tons and tons of pictures. That way you can look back on it. You know, meet new people. Get out there. Meet people from different states. Meet people from your state that you may not know. Really just make connections. I think that's a great, a great, great piece of advice. Um, so much of my experience in FFA was relationships. And I mean, I have so many of those relationships today. And so however you can foster foster those, I think is important. Another really unique relationship, I think, with FFA is the relationship you develop with your FFA advisor. Um, you mentioned Mr. Cox um, earlier. Um, what has, how has he impacted you and your experience in FFA? Mr. Cox is like a family friend to us. I'm his babysitter for Asher, his little boy. Um, I'm also his go-to person when he needs somebody to do something for him when he's out of town. But in my FFA career, he really has helped me get to where I am today. He's the reason that I know so many people that I do, that I've met people. Or he'll just be like, hey, we're going to go do this, and you're going to meet this person. Or we're going to go do this. That way you can write it down and say you had the experience. He really has, you know, tried to help me get to this dream. You know, this was always the goal since freshman year was to be a state officer senior year. And so he's, I know he's really proud of me. He may not admit it, but he is. I'm sure he would. He is deep down. He honestly has helped me so much, though, and inspired me to, you know, decide what I want to do mm -hmm. after high school, you know. I still have, you know, Agate on the back burner if if I decide to go that route. But he really has helped me a lot through my FFA career. My FFA advisor was Dr. Joe Snell, and he's the current president of the National Peanut um, Peanut Festival. And I was just telling my husband, I, I really want to take our little boy this this um, upcoming peanut festival, if nothing else, to be able to see Dr. Snell because I haven't seen him in forever. And he and his wife were so supportive. They were always there, you know, for whatever I needed, willing to help with however. And it's, it is amazing at what a difference um, they make, you know, in their students' lives. And it's so much more, I think, a lot of times than a math teacher or a science teacher because they are there for those livestock events. They're there for those extra things. Um, and that's really what builds, I think, the deep relationship that they have with their students. Um, you know, for me, running for a state office and the national office really fueled my learning of agriculture, my desire to serve the agriculture industry, um, and I, I learned so much in those experiences. What would you say so far you've learned, um, the one thing that sticks out in your mind that you've learned the most from being a state FSA officer? I think one thing that has really just stuck out to me is not everyone has the same FFA story. And being on a state officer team with five other people from across the state has really opened my eyes to that is we're all so unique and so different. And our FFA stories are so different. On my state officer team, there's only three of us who raise livestock. There's only three of us who really have that livestock background. And the other three don't. And we talk about that all the time about how we got involved in FFA. And it's so awesome to hear that we had completely different lives. No two of us are exactly the same, but our ag teachers came in or we signed up for something random mm -hmm. and we ended up where we are today. And I think that's one of the things that I love doing when I go out on these chapter visits to different schools is hearing kids tell me how they got started or why they want to get started. And I love just hearing how, you know, we may not come from the same background, mm -hmm. but we're coming together for a common goal and purpose. I think that's so, so true. Agri-science education, you know, to you and I has a huge importance, but it's amazing how even, um, even in my career, I run across people who don't understand the connection um, of agriculture, 
to everything that we do and you know where we live, where we eat, uh, how we spend our time. What would you say for somebody who says, especially like maybe about their student, their child, well, they don't need agri-science education. They're not going to be a farmer one day. I think you definitely have to ask them, what did they think the future's going to be like? If we don't have agriculture, then where are we going to be? We're not going to have food on the table. We're not going to have clothes um, to keep us warm. I think you have to ask them, what did they think is going to replace agriculture? And I think that's obviously going to stump them because nothing really is. Nothing's going to replace that food, those clothes, your everyday commodities that you enjoy. You just have to step back and let them realize that we are the future, that agriculture is always going to remain. It has for so, so many years before us, and that's what started, I mean, human civilization. What's going to end it? Absolutely. It's so important, and that's, I think, one of the greatest benefits of agriculture education, whether people decide to pursue a career in agri-science um, or, or not. Just that understanding is so helpful for all of us. Um, so think about this. So we leave. When do you leave for convention? Do you leave Sunday? We are flying out of Atlanta on Sunday. On Sunday. Okay. So Sunday, and then you'll fly back home the next Sunday, right? Or yes. Sunday? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so a whole week, Indianapolis, a busy week, an exhausting week. I'm sure you'll be really, really tired. But when you get back, and you get, I'm sure you're going to go to school that next Monday morning. When you get back and are in school next Monday morning, when you look back, what will make you say, okay, National Convention was an absolute success? I think it's just going to be going and getting to be a delegate and being on the delegate committee. I served as a delegate last year being the district president, but of course it being virtual, you didn't get to go to the delegate sessions and you didn't get to do the breakout stuff. And I think I'm really excited this year because being state president, I'm on a committee and I'm really passionate about my committee and getting to go and see all of my favorite state presidents and vice presidents I met this summer and then getting to share that experience with the rest of my team members who didn't get to go to summit. Um, this summer meet those people. I think that's going to be my favorite part is looking back and going, wow, we actually did something, you know, productive. Mm-hmm. We did something that's impactful for the future of FFA. So that's a good point. So for those people who haven't had that experience, when you serve as a delegate, not only do you get cool things like reserved seating and some extra functions to meet people, um, but you really do take on the business of the organization. So what to what issue is your committee addressing? So my committee is teacher recruitment and retention. So we are addressing the shortage of ag teachers across the nation. Um, a lot of ag teachers are older and they're retiring mm-hmm. and we're looking for ag teachers to come in and fill those places or to make new programs. And so my committee is focused on how can we recruit people to get involved, to be ag teachers? Mm-hmm. What are incentives? What are different universities that are providing them with incentives? I think that's a great thing to look at. Over the last few years, I can think of everything. Committees have considered everything from how to involve middle school students to uh, what official dress looks like. Um, and, and now teacher retention, I think, is a fan, fantastic one. Um, let's close with this question. So I think for probably both of us, we would say, you know, serving as a state officer has been one of the peaks, certainly, of our FFA experience. Um, because of all the opportunities that it does give you, the learning that it allows, there's a lot of people, you know, that may listen to this that might aspire to be a district or a state officer um, that might want those opportunities, even maybe to be a delegate, because you can be a delegate without ever serving as a um, district or state officer, potentially. What would you say to those people? How would you encourage them or um, what would you tell them to work on to, to meet those goals? 
definitely reach out to your current state or district officers because they're going to have advice for you because they are going through the same process that you're going to go through. Um, meet as many people as you can. Try to meet people in your county who are important. Try to meet people outside of your county. Um, know who your state staff is. Know who your state officers, your district officers are. Study up on your FFA history because although it is a lot, you're going to need it. Study up on that parliamentary procedure if you want to be a state officer. And know what you're passionate about. Know about those ag issues that are going on. Know what is your why. What is your Mm -hmm. platform for wanting to be a district or state officer? Because if you're running and you don't have a purpose, then why are you running? Definitely know what you're passionate about and know what your goals are for the future. I think that's such a fantastic point. You mentioned FFA history. And so it's 2021. FFA was founded in 1928. So we're seven years away from a 100-year anniversary in FFA. And it's amazing to think that the organization has grown so much in recent years. And um, I'm certainly thankful for all the support that we have here at a state level and on a local level for agri-science education and FFA. So uh, certainly for those listening, if you haven't gotten involved in your local FFA chapter, there's always a chance to do that. And I'm sure they would always appreciate local volunteers to be able to help. But thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope you have a fantastic time at convention. I'm looking forward to it and looking forward to seeing you in Indianapolis. Well, thank you for having me. And now, your weekly Ag Cash wrap up. Welcome to this week's Ag Cash wrap up. This is Carla Hornady, Commodity Director at the Alabama Farmers Federation. Cotton harvest has been going strong for two weeks. Quality is an issue due to late planting and late season rains. USDA's October report lowered the projected Alabama yield from 924 to 906 pounds an acre. Hardlock seems to be the biggest issue, followed by bowl rot. Early quality reports reflect the effects weather has had on quality. Steve Brown, Extension Cotton Agronomist, reported in his Cotton Shorts newsletter that overall there would probably be a 20% loss in this year's cotton crop. Some places have been particularly hard hit with losses approaching 50%. Cotton producers are not alone. We have also heard of quality issues in soybeans across the state. Corn seems to have handled the rains well, with many dryland producers harvesting well over 20 bushels an acre. The bright spot for all commodities is that the market continues to remain up. Thanks for joining us. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.